0: Uh, praise God. Good to be in his house this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, we are continuing in our series, uh, Giants Eat Peas and Carrots. It's just a simple acronym or a simple way of remembering Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And um, I hope you've enjoyed the study through the book of uh, Colossians, probably one of my favorite of 66 in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> That was funny. Thank you for the one laugh. (laughs) Thank you for that one laugh. (laughs) Um, Chapter one again was the supremacy of Christ. And remember, Paul, in his model, how the Spirit of God would have him write, he is going to cover doctrinal issues and doctrinal things on the front of on the front end of his letters. Oftentimes fixing or correcting or bringing about some level of understanding that may or may not have otherwise been lost or misunderstood. And so he brings about doctrine, deep theological truths. And then he approaches just the practical application of that. And so we have in chapter 1 the supremacy of Christ and the deity of Christ and who Christ is, and he is the first over all of creation. Also in chapter 2, we see the dealings of Paul with the false doctrine that is coming out then you get into chapter three and chapter four which is practical Christian living and that is uh, we saw you know where our affection should be we saw our apparel and the removal of the old clothing then we saw some new apparel that you and I are to be putting on as followers of Christ then by way of apparel it really is how we live it's our attitudes it's our um, our, our actions, our, our thinking, our processes, etc. cetera. And so these new clothes uh, with the actions that go with them. And chapter 4 is going to really begin with some practical ministry. Practical ministry for you and I. Practical outcropping of being a follower of Christ, how we are to be part of the whole reproduction of The gospel in our daily living and so today's message i would call it the indirect and direct evangelism or showing and sharing of our faith so indirect and direct showing and sharing of our faith i uh, i thought it would be good for us um, to just rehearse what our purpose statement as a church is when we launched hillside christian fellowship in 2004 uh, it was August of 2004, and we really, our heartbeat from the very onset that we as a church are going to exist. Originally, we said to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, but we modified that a handful of years ago because we want to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus, both showing and sharing their faith. But the idea is we are a body of believers with an express purpose of seeing people and leading people into a fully devoted following of Christ, showing and sharing our faith so that we can be reproductive in what we do. Somebody once asked a question, and I thought I was so clever with the answer. They said, what is the fruit of an apple tree, right? And so the natural response was, ooh, ooh, I know, an apple. And uh, you know, about six of us in that crowd were so smart to yell apple, right? And I you know, blurted it out, and then the person who was... Uh, speaking said, well, truly the fruit or the reproductiveness of an apple tree is another apple tree that's bearing fruit. And I thought, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Anyway, uh, and I thought, hey, that really is what you and I are to be because somebody led you to Jesus. And now it's our assignment to be leading others to Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? And that the fruit that we produce in the kingdom would be fruit that lasts. And so we have an indirect involvement with that, and we have a direct involvement with that, and Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6 bring this about. And so before we get there, I believe that it is our responsibility as the leaders of any church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and so At Hillside, we've tried to prepare and equip all of us with a couple of tools that should help us with the indirect involvement in evangelism and the direct involvement in evangelism. So three of those are our prayer guide. This is an indirect opportunity for you to be involved in frontline work, where we have field workers across the globe And right here locally we just prayed for a number of our local works that we are engaged with right here and to pray for them Paul said and pray for us that a door would be opened for the mystery of the gospel to be made known right that's going to be in our text today and that's how we pray we are praying for our field workers that an open door would be provided, that God would launch a missil- missile into the enemy's camp, blow open a door, and that that door would just make possible the mystery to be made clear, right? To clear up a mystery that has been hidden, God's salvation for all Gentiles, and that the Jew and Gentile would become one in Jesus, and so to be born again. Two other um, resources that we provide are our five friend focus. This again is a prayer tool, but it's a prayer tool for all of us to be praying for people that we believe that God wants to use us in our witness for him, right? The scripture says in Acts chapter 1, you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. So this is a tool to help you in your witnessing. And so if everybody had one of these, had it filled out, and you would pray through it throughout the week, you could have it as your bookmarker in your Bible. And so when you're involved in your daily reading, you open up, you pull out your bookmarker, you pray for your minimum of five friends. I think I have about 18 friends on this particular card. But pray for them. Again, that they would hear the message clearly. Can I get an amen? Yeah, and so if you don't have one of these, take one of these today. They're in our lobby in a number of places. They're on the table right in between the doors here. They're on the racks. Please take one of these and prayerfully consider who is it that the Spirit of God is prompting you to be a witness to. And when I say witness to them, it doesn't mean that you're going to go to them the next time and say, well, the Lord has sent me to tell you the gospel of Jesus and you need to sit and listen and, you know. No, it might mean simply that when you see them next time, say, hey, I was thinking about you recently and I was just praying for you. Everything going okay. The simplicity of communication. Just loving on people. And not being weird. I mean, can I get an amen? Amen. How many of you have been weird before? (laughs) We have a class for you. No. (laughs) No, but we've done that. And we've ruined some opportunities because we've not been well in our presenting. Even though we're presenting truth, it hasn't been effectual because it hasn't been bathed in prayer and it hasn't been thought through. What's the best way to approach this person? Right? And so, I mean, when the Scripture says... Let your conversation be seasoned with salt. How many of you love salt? Okay, we have a special class for you, too. (laughs) Just so you know, I'm in that class with you. But uh, salt makes things taste good. So when we present, listen, not everybody is going to be the same meal that needs to be salted. Right? And so we have to think about how we're going to communicate with people. It It calls for wisdom. And if we lack wisdom, we should ask God. I'm kind of giving you the sermon in the prelude. But um, all that to simply say, um, ask the Spirit of God who and put those names down. Then finally, that third piece is we have a tool. This is, this is an invite card that we use. It's been called the round to it, but it's not. It's just simply an invite. But you know what? I'll invite someone when I get a round to it. Well, now you have one. And so invite someone to church. We should be taking these for-the-one cards every single time we leave the building. Because when we exit the building, we're entering the mission field. We're entering the harvest field and they're white unto harvest. And and Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. And that's what we're doing. We're sending out laborers. The moment we walk out the doors, you and I, we are the labor force and we're going out. And so on those towers out in the lobby are these round for the one invite cards. And we want you to take, don't take just one, take a stack. I mean, don't take a stack of 30 of them and just leave them in your car, but take a stack of five and have them in your car. So when you go through your Starbucks line or when you go through McDonald's, because I know some of you eat McDonald's, I know you try and hide it, but it is true. Uh, But wherever you go, invite someone, be creative. This is a prime opportunity for the congregation to say, amen, amen. So be it. All right? So everyone, everyone can participate, right? So the, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and God has prepared works for us in advance to do. And so we are to equip the saints for the works of the ministry. The works of the ministry, potentially in its totality, is to simply present Jesus, <laughs> And these are tools that will help you do that. So I hope you engage in every single one of them. Amen, amen. Okay, that was the infomercial uh, toward or for today's sermon. So uh, today's text again is Colossians chapter four, verses two through six. A, co- a handful of verses that are power packed with some direct and indirect um, aspects of how we can engage. So read with me or follow along with me. It says this: Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant or be watchful in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. To speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. That I may make it manifest or that I might make it clear as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Those who are not part of the kingdom of God, those who are not in the faith, walk with wisdom towards those, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Father, in the next few moments as we look at this text the perfect law of liberty. I pray, God, that we would be liberated in our understanding of what it means to be a part of the evangelizing of the world and to be a part of evangelizing our own neighborhood and our community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This portion of text really can be divided into two segments. I would say the two segments would be the indirect involvement in the mission and then the direct involvement in the mission. So the indirect is going to be verses 2 through 4, and then the direct will be verses 5 and 6. And it really is evangelism. And I think evangelism is a scary word. People get a little bit freaked out about evangelism. It's like, I have to share my faith? Uh, What if they ask questions and I don't have answers? Great! We hope they ask questions we don't have answers to. Yes, thank you. And you know what? You don't have to formulate an answer on the spot. Here's a great answer. I don't know. That's a great answer. Because then you can follow it up with, but, uh, but I'll do some research and I'll get back to you. It opens for further communication. Right? We don't want to have a one and done. We want to build a relationship. And so I don't know affords itself the opportunity. We're going to, ha- we're going to talk again. We're going to talk again. And I think, that's, I think that's super, super healthy. And it's liberating. It's freeing. So what I would like to do is just kind of take Paul's scenario for a moment and kind of put this in a, a picture that maybe we can understand what's going on here. Uh, imagine, if you would, that Paul and his, his counterparts here, we've, we've got uh, a lot of guys that are with Paul, uh, Timothy, uh, Aristarchus, uh, we've got Epaphras. And they, they've made an assault, like this military assault on the enemy's camp, and they have suffered violence. And as, a result of, as a, resistance, and as a result of the resistance and the violence that they have suffered, Paul and Aristarchus are now prisoners of war. But they were able to smuggle a letter out, and they got a letter to some rear guard folks and this letter to the rear guard folks was the letter to the colossians those in Colossae, and he is asking them hey contact headquarters heaven and ask heaven to launch a missile down and blow a hole in the prison door so we can get out finish the mission but also that it will be an effectual pathway for the message so that we can get the hearts of men connected with God. Does that make sense? And so we, we come to this point, I guess. Uh, they've picked up their spiritual walkie-talkies of prayer, and uh, they realize, and we realize that Paul's prayer here, or Paul's request for the church to be praying for them, is an indirect, effectual need for the work to continue. That you and I, we would be praying for the work of those who are on the front lines across the globe and in our backyard, right? That's an important request. So in the text, in verses two through four, we find three aspects of how to pray. How do you and I pray? You know, when when someone says, well, we need you to be praying, what's the natural response? Well, how how am I to be praying? How am I supposed to do this? And then maybe the next question is going to be, what do I pray, right? So how and what? These are normal questions that we would ask. So the Spirit of God saw fit to tell us how to pray. Verse 2 says, continue earnestly in prayer. So persistently. How about we pray regularly? Thank you. (laughs) How about we just pray regularly? Pray regularly for those who are in the work of evangelism and for your own spiritual presentation of Jesus, showing and sharing your faith. So pray consistently. Pray earnestly. Persistent. Devote yourselves to prayer. That's what the Scripture tells us. Devote yourselves to prayer. I would encourage you to set aside times regularly to pray. If you wanted to emulate someone's life, Daniel, in the Word of God, is someone that you can emulate. He he prayed earnestly three times a day. He put his face towards Jerusalem and he prayed in the morning, he prayed at the noon hour, and he prayed in the evening. Now that might not be your pattern, but whatever your pattern is, how about we just pray regularly? Can I get an amen? amen? Be persistent in prayer. Uh, Paul said to the church in Thessalonica, he said, uh, be joyful always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, okay? So persistently. Also, vigilantly. The Greek word for vigilant here is an interesting uh, Greek word. It really means uh, wakeful, wakeful. Um, Now, if you're like me you've been praying before and you were praying in your head and not necessarily verbally articulating things and then the movie started playing in your mind and then you were like, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, sorry, Lord, where was I? I was praying. Right, and that's okay. I just want you to know that's okay. Can I get an amen there? But when he says to pray wakefully, there's a vigilance that goes with that. In other words, I've got my cup of coffee, and if I know I'm tired, pray out loud. Find, close that door, get in your closet, find that closet, close your door, go inside and pray, and pray out loud so that you can be wakeful, so that you can be vigilant, and you can be watchful. You're watching, Lord, what are you doing here? There was a prayer for a young man who... They believed had cancer, and all things were pointing to cancer, and so the group got together, and they began to pray, and three days later, they got word cancer-free. Come on, that's good news. We have a brother in our midst who had a cancerous tumor the size of a chicken leg in his thigh. Monday, we got the report, cancer-free. That was puny. Dance free. Come on. I mean, that's something to get excited about. So Sebastian and uh, Samantha and kids, if you're watching, we are just rejoicing. God is working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, so that word in the Greek is uh, greco reo Everyone say greco reo. reo It means vigilant, wakeful, or watchful. And then finally, I would say that third aspect that comes out of the text is with thanksgiving or being thankful. We should be thankful. And here's what we mean by thankful. We are not praying from a position of defeat, like we're trying to climb out and get on top of things. We are praying from a position where we are looking down from victory on what's actually happening currently. We are already victorious because of what Jesus has done for us. And God always wins. Can I get an amen? He always wins. So we're praying from victory already for the things that we are believing God for. Can I get an amen? And so be thankful. God, thank you that you've already finished this. The battle belongs to you. We're just in the midst of the battle and can't see the end, so help us to have eyes of victory and eyes that can see supernaturally what you have accomplished already. And so, Lord, help us in that regard. And so, three aspects of how to pray. Now, he gives us Three aspects of what to pray also. And I think this is really simple. Uh, We're praying for the spiritual front. Paul said, pray for us. Pray also for us. So we're praying for the spiritual front, right? Paul was an apostolic in ministry. He's a field worker going out. He's a missionary, a term that we tend not to use as often as we might once have, but we're talking about field workers on the front where they are presenting the gospel and we are looking for open doors. And sometimes an open door is just a creative idea. It's just a creative idea. Water filtration. Digging a well like we dug a well in Guinea this year. We funded the whole thing, it's complete, and people come every single day for fresh water. And there's someone there reading the translated scriptures of the day to every single person who's coming, and they talk about it. Well, this is what this means. And they're talking about it in their heart language. So the people that are coming, they'll just start translating in the heart language of the folks that are coming, so they hear the word of God. And so they're coming for real water, and they're getting living water also. Can I get an amen? It's a creative way to get the gospel out. Let's go. Your creative way might be bring it, you know, you go to Starbucks and you buy your drink. Well, hey, you know the person who works next to you, buy theirs. Because it gives you an interaction. Hey, I was thinking about you this morning when I was in my little Starbucks. I, whatever it is that you do. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, maybe you make your own coffee at home and you will make an extra cup. Do something creative. But let God give the idea so that when you use that idea, you'll see some level of fruit, which just might be another conversation. So, the spiritual front lines. I would say the second would be the open doors. We just have to pray for open doors. Can I get an amen? I mean, we're praying for big open doors. Like if there's a festival that Luis Palau organization is putting on, or if there's a harvest crusade that Greg Laurie is going to be doing, we want to pray for the big things. If it's a Graham association, we're praying. We're praying for the big things. But we want to pray for the small things too. We want to pray for open doors. God wants to open doors for every one of us in communication with people around us. Can I get an amen? And so an effectual door to be opened. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. He said, I I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door of effective work has opened to me. Later, in his second letter to the Corinthians, he says, when I came from Troas to preach the gospel, a door was opened for me in the Lord. Paul's looking for doors. He's looking for doors. He says in Revelation chapter three to the church in Philadelphia, which I would call a period from the early 1800s uh, probably until about 1950. Um, and it was a time of mass evangelism and mass <laughs> missions. Mass missions. And uh, that, that church of Philadelphia in the church era, I believe, would represent that time period. He, he says, Behold, I have set a door before you, an open door, which no one is able to shut. Come on. God is the one who opens doors that no man can shut. Let's go, and a door has been opened, and let's avail ourselves. And thirdly, I would say, you know, he says that the mystery may be clearly presented. When you think of mystery and clearly understood, they're almost oxymoronic statements. So, what he's saying is, he's saying it's the cleared mystery, it's now understood. And that that I would be able to make this mystery understood so that people would know what we are about. We are about the kingdom. We're about the gospel. And so he clears the mystery. And the mystery is that God would become man. God would come in the flesh. Jesus Christ took on flesh. He lived a sinless life. And he died upon a cross and shed his blood for the remission of sin. But death had no claim on him because there was no sin in him. And the power of sin, or the power of death is sin. And so because death had no hold, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. On the third day. And he lives forevermore. And his resurrection validates every single claim he made. Come on. And every claim that the scripture makes in reference to Messiah, he validated when he rose from the dead. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's the one who declared we are all sinners. And we all need the grace of God. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's his word and it is validated. And so we have the gospel. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall. Be saved. This we must present. And so this mystery that has been hidden is now revealed. And so the clearing of the mystery. So that's, that's the what to pray. We have those three things that we can be praying. And I, I really believe we come to verses 5 and 6. And I'm going to go through this relatively quickly. I say that, I'm probably not telling you the truth. Um, <laughs> I try. I try. It shifts our focus from indirect involvement of prayer, how to pray and what to pray, to direct involvement in evangelism. And it is not only through prayer, but our direct daily involvement with people. Walk in wisdom towards those who are on the outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. It's through relationship, I believe, predominantly, that people will hear the message. Um, Paul uses a term, redeeming the time. To redeem something is to buy back, to purchase. And what we're purchasing is we're purchasing opportunities. We're purchasing the opportunities that are before us. Jesus likened the kingdom. Uh, He says, the kingdom of God is like a man who went on a long journey, and he gave money to each of his servants to deal with while he was away. Jesus is the king, and he's gone away, and he's given you and I money. don't. I don't mean like, you know, I don't even have my wallet on me. (laughs) That wasn't going to work. I'm not talking about the green stuff in our wallets. He's given us money. And he's saying, make the most with the money that I've given you. Make the most. Don't squander the money. Don't squander. And the money is how we approach every opportunity because every opportunity is to be redeemed if we are radically sold out for the mission that Christ has put us on. To make the most of every opportunity. Right? Those are, those are the, th- that's the Word of God. Make the most of every opportunity. Buy it. Buy it. Like, I don't know how you play Monopoly, like some people play, you have to go around the board once before you can purchase properties. I never played that way. I mean, you roll the dice, and man, you get here, you get, you, I'll buy it, 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 I'll buy it. I mean, you just, as you you know, and then if you hit Boardwalk or Park Place, you're like, Yo, yeah, I'll buy it. And you look at your money, you're like, I don't have enough anymore. I bought all of Marvin's Gardens and everything else, right? <laughs> Tennessee, I mean, what? But the idea there is you want to buy everything you can, and that's how we should be approaching The kingdom in our day, I want to buy every single opportunity and make it valuable for the kingdom of God. A wise servant who has been entrusted with the money, the money is the opportunity. We just have to do it. We have to redeem it. We have to engage in it. We have to do our part. Life is a series of opportunities for buying up spiritual blessing. Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. That's the buying of the opportunities. I mean, yes, it's your stewardship, but stewardship is not just what we bring in in tithes and offerings and alms. Stewardship is our lives. Offer your life as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to the Lord. For this is your reasonable service. It is your worship. How you live is your worship to the Lord. Make the most of every opportunity. Buy back. Redeem. God has given you money. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Look, in the kingdom of God, we are the wealthiest. Because we have the truth. The mystery has been made clear to us. We must do something about that. So how can we redeem or buy up time or our opportunities? How do we purchase our time? Paul answers the question, how we can buy up every opportunity. He said this, and there are three answers. Our wise behavior. Our salty speech and our individual attention to each person that we would know how to answer each one so wise walking walk in wisdom towards those who are on the outside and Reuben you can come up and stand next to me wherever you are (laughs) it's supposed to encourage me to move (laughs) it doesn't always work Um, walk, walk in wisdom, right? Walk wisely or wise walking. Um, there are four sources of wisdom, I would say, minimally. Uh, meditation on the scriptures, Psalm 19, verse 7 says, The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. Hey, if you need wisdom, how about saturate yourself in God's word? Meditate on the word of God and let our simplicity become Wisdom. Prayer. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Right? Let's just ask God. Uh, How about sound counselors? Sound counselors. He who walks with the wise, what grows wise? That's what the Scripture says. How about walking with some of the brothers in the Old Testament? Just take a little walk with Paul. Take a or or Saul. Take a little walk with David. Take a little walk with Hezekiah. Take a little walk with Asa. Take a little walk with Josiah. Take a little walk with uh, Joash. When we do, we're going to learn things we ought not do. And we're going to learn things that we should do. Right? If we just will walk in the sound counsel. How about walking with Solomon? You say, well, Solomon wasn't so wise. Well, yeah, I was. He wrote Proverbs. How about reading Proverbs every day? That'll help you, right? How about practicing b- biblical principles in real life experience? In other words, uh, how many of you heard practice makes? <laughs> I, I changed that. Practice makes permanent and what you practice, how you practice is how you play. I coach football and I coach my boys to go full speed. Go full speed and practice. We do drills. We make drills so that they can go full speed so people won't get hurt so that when they actually get into a game time situation, it's become permanent and so they'll go full speed. And we play full speed through the whistle. Well, guess what? In the kingdom of God, we need to play full speed, and we need how we practice is how we play. Everything we do matters, right? So practice those biblical principles on a daily basis, okay? Secondly, salty speech. Somebody once said you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You've heard that before? I think you can. If you put salt in its oats, he'll become very thirsty. And you can lead him to the water and he will suck it down. (laughs) You'll be like, we got to go, horse. And he's still at the trough just drinking away because you've put salt in the oats. Can I say, be salty? You are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot by man. Be salty, man. Be seasoned with salt. And you will make people thirsty and they'll want your life.
1: They'll like, what is different
0: about you? What makes you tick? How come everything works out like that for you? How come when tragedy strikes, you're still smiling and you got joy in your life? What do you have that I don't have? Well, I'm glad you asked that. His name is Jesus <laughs> and he wants to be a part of your life too. Right? So salty speech. And then I would just say individual attention. Look, you know the people around you and if you don't take time to get to know them, listen to their story and they have questions involved in Alpha. Alpha is just an opportunity to listen to people tell their stories on what they believe and their faith. And it's not there for you to say, well, let me fix your theology tonight, blah, 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 blah. You can just simply say, wow, (laughs) that's awesome. And then when it's your opportunity, they'll listen to you. They'll listen to you. And you can tell your story and they may be interested to hear more of the power of God that has transformed your life because it's been real change. It's been real change. So this morning at 11:18 here's a quick conclusion. We need to pick up our spiritual walkie-talkies and we need to be in communication with headquarters. Got to get on the line with HQ. With persistence, watchfulness and thanksgiving, Let's pray for the front lines, let's pray for open doors, and let's pray, play for a clear message or a cleared mystery, if you will. And then, individually, direct contact that we, without failure, would have wise conduct, salty speech, and that we would pay attention to every individual. Does that make sense? We can do this. We've got an assignment. Jesus gave us the assignment. Go into all the world. And preach, go into all the world and teach. He said he came to seek and to save the lost. At 12 years old, he said, Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? He said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the father's business. What about you? What about me? Are we involved with the father's business? No matter how young you are or how old you are, there's a work to be done. And we have an assignment. We are, we are partnering with churches in our community. We have something that is going to be being presented on a grander scale where we are going to be adopting a block in our community, and we're looking for people who are just going to say, you know what, I'll serve one Saturday a month and go love on some people. Knock on a few doors and say, hey, is there anything we can do around your place to get things cleaned up? Can we help you in any way, shape, or form? Uh, we're just here in the neighborhood. We represent the body of Jesus, and uh, about six different churches are involved, and we uh, We just just want to help. Or if you have anything we can pray with you about, we'd love to pray with you. And, uh, I mean, we might be painting little, you know, address numbers on the curbs. We might be cleaning a couple gutters. We might be uh, trimming a few trees. We don't know. But we're just going to go out and we're going to serve. And we're going to start with one block. And we need volunteers who are going to be a part of that there's three churches. Our church has taken the lead role because it's just a dream that I have had that we would have a military assignment and we would reach every community, every single neighborhood, every house, every home, every man, woman, and child with a clear presentation of the gospel. And we're going to do that by loving people and serving people. And so we're unfolding this and we're going to be plotting where people live. So where you live, if your home is hillside, we're going to like plot you on the map and we're going to We're gonna find out we're gonna find one neighborhood that we hope like you know the church is represented strongest in and maybe the need is there and that's gonna be our first one. But every volunteer that comes and gets to be a part of that and has gone through the training, they're gonna go, well, we could do this in my neighborhood. And we're like, yes, you can. And we'll get some volunteers to help. And we'll get, you know, these six or seven or eight other churches engaged. Because if we work together, when Jesus comes, we want to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And our assignment is to reach our Jerusalem. And the church has not worked together before. The churches have not worked together, but we're working together now. And and the the generals of the quote-unquote army, the pastors, we're coming up with a plan, and the plan we think is going to work. And we can do this one neighborhood at a time, one house at a time. And it's the body of Christ saying, you know what, I'll be a part of that. And it's alpha, it's all of those pieces, so help us to do that. Can I get an amen? amen? I mean, I'm so excited about it. It's huge. Stand with me this morning. Uh, Ruben's going to lead us in a, in a song. It's going to be our benediction. Again, all of the things that we've heard and seen today, may the Lord add his blessing to. And remember your For the One invite cards. Remember your five-friend focus as you leave. They're in the tower. I'm going to go out into the lobby, move the tower into the middle so you can bump into it as you're making your way out. And it'll, uh, it'll force you, as you knock the tower over and they all spill out on the floor, hey, you're, you're touching them, so you got to take them. There you go. <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> so, Father, be glorified, blessed today, we pray. Thank you for the gathering together of the saints on the first day of the week, this, this Sunday, the 16th of August. Lord, be glorified as we go out into your mission field. We pray, Lord, for each of us as laborers that we would be equipped not only to have our indirect impact across the globe, but our direct impact in our very hood and our very uh, realm of involvement this coming week. God be glorified. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said a strong amen.